Greetings. Good afternoon. Hello. <laughs> Praise be to God. I thank God and I honor him for your life. I thank God and I honor him for your family. I thank God and I honor him for your siblings. I honor him for all your relatives. I honor him for everything that you are able to achieve and everything that you are able to do. I honor God because of your health. I thank God because of where you are now. I worship God because of every achievement that you have to date. I thank God because of all the plans that you have, the goals that you have for this year. I thank God for everything that you have set out to achieve in 2023. May God receive the praise because of your future and your destiny. May God be honored because of your heart. May God be honored because of your personality. May God be praised because of your kindness. May God be honored because of your love toward other people. May God be praised because of your compassion for other people. Father, may you receive all the praise at this moment. They were created in your likeness and in your image, O oh Father. You breathe the life into the lifeless being when we read the book of Genesis. And when that happened, the Bible tells us that this lifeless being became a living soul. My God, we worship you. You deserve indeed all the adoration, my Father, for you are wonderful. Thank you that there is no competition with you, Lord. You remain the only creator. My Father, thank you that life is in your hands, O oh God. Thank you that when we even look at the nature, O oh God, it is in your hands. For we are reminded of the question that you asked Job when you said, Do you even know where I keep the rain, where I keep the snow, where I keep the lightning and the thunder? My Father, that is demonstration that God, everything is under your watch. For that we honor you, my Lord. We say li mali oso toluna leya kapa musontoluba kadiatesha. For this is scripture according to the book of one Corinthians chapter fourteen, where you spoke about the language of the spirit. It is written that he that speaks in a non tongue speaks not unto man but unto your spirit. For it says that the flesh profits nothing, but how be it in the spirit, he, she speaks mysteries before the creator. We are reminded in the book of Romans also that likewise we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the spirit helps us in our weaknesses with groanings that cannot be uttered. We are reminded by Jude. That beloved building up your most holy faith through praying in the Holy Ghost. We might not have been aware that there is such a thing as the most holy faith. But the scriptures make us aware that there indeed is the most holy faith. 
My Lord, I praise you for everyone, my God, that is listening to this, everyone that is tuned in, everyone that is going to watch later, everyone who is going to listen later. I pray for them, O oh God. My prayer is simple, my Father, that whatever they are going through right now, whatever they are facing, O oh Lord, I ask that, God, may you empower them, strengthen them, O oh God. In Jesus' name, Lord, receive the praise. And as I get into this teaching that you have inspired and given, I pray that I know there is a purpose why my father, this message has been given. And I ask that as your sons and daughters listen and hear this word, may it Jehovah help change their life. May it help shape their destiny. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive all honor, my God, for you are worthy, O Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You are indeed welcome this moment, and I thank God personally for your life, and also that you are here this moment. Praise the Lord. Um, I have a word indeed to share with you, and the title of the message that has been given to me for you through the Word of God is Expecting Special Treatment. Hallelujah, that we have people and we ourselves at times, we are expecting special treatment. We want to be treated like we are eggs. We want to be treated like we are gold. We want to be treated like we are a special rose or flower. We want to be treated like we are, you know, maybe a diamond or an emerald. We want to be treated like we are a mineral. We want, we want to be treated like we are oil. We want to be treated like, you know, whatever we regard as um, special here on this planet Earth. So we want to understand what does, what do these expectations of special treatment do to the life of a believer? What do these expectations of special treatment do to marriages, to relationships, to employment, to friendships? What do expecting special treatment do to ministries, to servants of God, to believers in general? Expecting special treatment. Um, I would encourage you that you, um, if you can, follow me on um, Facebook all right, under Pastor Tadala Malua, because there are some stuff I posted there which I may not be able to say here, not being able to say, but rather not remember to say, uh, because I post them as and when the Spirit leads me, all right? So um, I did post something unique for this message, just in terms of what it is. So expecting special treatment, you can go there and find some write-up that is good for you to read. Um, I want to start this by sharing with you something so personal, something dear, something close to my heart. Um, the year 2010, all right, 2010 personally was a promising year. This is a year that I was looking to complete um, my third year in university, all right, we call it S3, and it is a year where I was excited, it is a year where I was looking forward to it is a year where I felt good and I thought, well, there's so much good that is going to come out of this year. And at the same time, this is a year where the Soccer World Cup was going to be hosted in South Africa. And that's where I was at the time. So all around, there was a certain aura about the year. All around, there was a certain um, um, mood around the year. It was a year that had promised a lot of good stuff. Hallelujah. 
So there were a lot of expectations from me out of the year 2010. And all of a sudden, my late mother, you know, starts uh, being unwell. And eventually, she passes away in 2010, April of 2010, on the 7th of April to be specific. Now, what I want you to understand is, as this message was being given to me, in fact, right at the end, I was being reminded of this. To say that you had expectations of special treatment in 2010. I was expecting that because I was a believer, because I was praying, because I was, you know, uh, going to church regularly, because I was fasting, because I was, you know, uh, involved in the church programs, um, you know, because I was a kind person, then I would pass my, you know, examinations and complete my third year. I was expecting that because I was a believer and doing all the right things, then my family was automatically protected and covered. I was expecting that this year would produce the best, it would be the most memorable year in my life. But what I then discovered is that that's not how life works. Because like I said, in April of that year, I lose my mother. And what then happened to me was I began to have a lot of questions about uh, God, about um, 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 prayer, about um, servants of God, about prophecy, because during this time, a lot of prayer was offered. And my expectation was that because I am a believer, because my mother was a believer, because my family is a family of believers, then we would be exempted of her passing away. I want you to be with me that we are talking about expecting special treatment. Hallelujah. Now, this should be something familiar to you that you may be saying because I pray or I prayed a lot or I have been praying a lot. Therefore, this cannot happen. Therefore, that should not happen. Therefore, this should happen when I want it to happen. Hallelujah. But I want to surprise you to say, yes, you may be expecting special treatment. But remember, we are talking about God who does things in his time. We are talking about God who has put things in his timetable. We are talking about God who does things when it suits him because he is in control. We are talking about God who does things which you may not understand, things which you may not accept, things which you may not, you know, um, um, sign up for. But because he is God, he does them anyway for a purpose. So I start off by talking about me to say I had a lot of expectations of special treatment, but everything went south. I didn't pass my examinations or write my examinations for me to complete my third year of university. So that meant I had to repeat uh, that semester, you know, the work of the semester, the following semester, which was not expected. That meant that my spiritual life was impacted. I remember it took me some time to get back to a level of prayer. It took me some time for me to even go back into the church and be able to believe what is being said. It took me some time to be able to take the Bible, read it, and believe what was being said. It took me some time for me to believe that indeed God does hear prayer and answer prayer. Because I was asking the questions that why is it that they, the, the prayers that were offered for my mother were not heard. I was asking the, the, the questions that why is it that the prophecies that were made by men or women, servants of God about my mother, why did they not come to pass? And all this was happening because I was expecting special treatment. 
Hallelujah. So the danger of special treatment is that you get disappointed. When you are expecting special treatment, if anything goes contrary to what you are expecting, if anything happens which is different to what you are expecting, that's when people are heartbroken because you have a, a special expectations out of uh, a situation. Now, understand me, it is not wrong for you to wish for the best or desire the best. But you must know that as long as you're dealing with God, then Ecclesiastes comes into play. Where God speaks about a season and he speaks about a time. You must be aware that as much as you are expecting and wanting certain things to happen in how you want them to happen, know that God has a season and a time in place. Even Christ had to speak and say, Lord, what I'm about to go through is too painful. Can you let this cup pass by? Hallelujah. If it is possible. Then Christ had to say, but it has to be your will, according to your will. Whatever your will is, let it be. So Christ was teaching us that, yes, you can have expectations of special treatment. But at the same time, you must allow the will of God to be done. Hallelujah. Today, people have stopped worshiping. People have stopped praying. People have backslidden. People are no longer in the church. People are no longer trusting servants of God. People are no longer trusting fasting. People are no longer trusting prayer because they expected special treatment. And when things did not go their way, they then decided to say, you know what? I can no longer do this. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20. The Bible reads, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. I want you to highlight that. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. But I want you to go to Romans chapter 3. All right? This is uh, the scripture that is important. Uh, all, all scripture is of value, value and it's important. Um, but what I'm saying is Ecclesiastes is backed up by Romans chapter 3, verses 24 to 31. Ah, hallelujah. Yes, his time and his will. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 to 31. Expecting special treatment. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. You are worthy, O oh God. You are worthy, O oh Jehovah. I thank you, Christ Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Are you there? Romans chapter 3, verse 24 to 31. Let me read verse 24. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. 
verse 26. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So as much as Ecclesiastes was saying that indeed there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does right, but in Romans, Apostle Paul is letting you and I know that there is a way to make things okay. There is a way to live right. There is a way for restoration. There is a way to get back to the good stand or good books of God. And that way is Jesus Christ. He is saying that if you believe in Jesus, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then you are made right with God. Then you are brought back into the good books of God. Then you are brought back into the path that was intended for you from the beginning. Hallelujah. And let's read on verse number 27. The Bible says, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. Now, that word acquittal is a, a, a terminology used in the court of law. That when someone has been accused and then after a process of going through facts and evidence, you are then uh, declared that you are free. It means you have been acquitted of all the accusations. It means you have been freed from all the accusations. It means that everything, every charge that was against you has been now taken away or dropped. So you are acquitted of the charges. Now it continues to say 29. Mm. No, it, it is based on faith. Hallelujah. So um, accepted by God. No, because of our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, but it is based on faith. Verse 28. So we are made right with God through faith and not obeying the law. Now you being right with God is not based on the knowledge you have. You being right with God is not based on how long you have been a believer. You being right with God is not based on how many times you pray. You being made right with God is not based on how many times you fast. You being made right with God is not based on what ministry you go to. You being right with God is not based on which servant of God you follow. It is not based on which family you come from. It is not based on how many good things you do, how many times you give, hallelujah. It is based on your faith according to the word of God. So for anyone to claim that you are right with God, you must know that the requirement is your faith. We are talking about expecting special treatment. People are thinking that you gain special treatment with God because you fast a lot. Many believers think that you get special treatment with God because you pray for hours. Many people think that you get special treatment with God because you know how to speak with other tongues, because you know how to pray in the spirit. Many people are misled thinking that because they are close to servants of God, then they are right with God. Many people think because they know how to read the Bible, they can interpret the scriptures, then they are right with God. Many people think because they may even know how to interpret dreams, then they are right with God. But I am here to say to you that that is an incorrect expectation which will result in people having the need for special treatment. But rather the answer is faith. 
Your faith is what determines your relationship with God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are talking about expecting special treatment. Let's continue to read and uh, verse number 29. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. Verse 30. There is only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith. I want you to highlight that. Romans chapter 3 verse number um, verse number 29. Or make it verse number 30. Romans chapter 3, verse number 30. Let me read. I want you to pay attention. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith. It doesn't say he makes people right by how much they are giving, how much they are going to church, how much they are praying, how much they are respecting servants of God. How much? No, it simply says he makes people right with himself by faith only. And let me read on. It says, whether they are Jews or Gentiles, verse 31, well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Father, thank you for the reading of the scripture. I honor you and I worship you for you are a good and a kind God. Teach Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, we are talking, remember, about um, expecting special treatment. And God is making a statement here, which is very important to you and I. He says, you are made right with God only by faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> it is your faith that God is looking for. It is your faith that God is interested in. It is your faith that matters. It is your faith that should be fundamental. It is your faith that is a key. It is your faith that is expected. Praise the Lord. Now listen to the statement. Christians act entitled. Are you with me? If you look at believers, Christians, people that believe in Jesus Christ, people who say they have given their life to Jesus, we act entitled. We are the ones who think that we should be the first to receive. We should be the first to be answered. We should be the first for a breakthrough. We should be the first for a miracle. We should be the first to have a testimony. We should be the first to get married. We should be the first to have children. We should be the first to have peace in our lives. We should be the first to have employment. We should be the first to have the business. We should be the first always. Hallelujah. Now, that's what I am talking about when I say that expecting special treatment. It is not because you are a believer that things will happen for you. Hallelujah. Listen, I am saying Christians act entitled. We go around and we act like our prayers should be the only ones that are heard first. We are forgetting that God is a God of season. We are expecting that God is a God of order. We are forgetting that God is a God of season, God of order, God of, of his time. We are forgetting that he is a God of grace, that he can have grace on anyone he desires. He can have compassion on anyone he wills. We are forgetting that God's time is not your time. We are forgetting that God can choose when, how, and who to bless. 
Hallelujah. So we go around and we are acting entitled. Now the problem of acting entitled is when your entitlement doesn't come to pass, what happens? When your expectation is not fulfilled, what happens? That's the danger of that behavior. When you do not understand how God operates, when you do not understand how God does his things, you are in danger of losing your faith. You are in danger of losing your trust in God. You are in danger of losing your trust in Jesus Christ. You are in danger of losing your trust in the Holy Spirit. You are in danger of losing your trust in the word of God. You are in danger of falling behind or backsliding, we say. Number two, faith is not boasting, but instead humble. Now, this one is important. Hallelujah. You must know the difference between having faith and boasting. Faith is not showing off. Faith is not having a loud mouth. Faith is not uh, uh, having pride. Faith is not letting the whole neighborhood know that you feel or you, you believe that you are better. Faith is not proving to people or proving people wrong. But faith is being humble. Or rather, in other words, faith is humility. If you are saying you have got faith, then the character of faith or the characteristics of having faith is having a humble attitude, having a humble mentality, having a humble mindset. You must be a person who is down to earth. Then you can claim to have faith. You must be a person who is a teacher, a person who can be corrected, a person who can be easily approached, a person who loves, a person who cares for, a person who does not judge, a person who helps others, a person who stands with others, then you can say you have got faith. Hallelujah. Those are the characteristics or the attributes of having faith. Praise the Lord. Look at Jeremiah chapter 9. Let me finish. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 and 24. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 and 24. The Bible reads, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom. My goodness. Let me say it again. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Let me read 23. The scriptures say, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom. Just because you are wise, don't go around and boasting to everyone that I am wise, I am intelligent, I am sharp. And then the Bible says, all oh, the powerful boast in their power. Because you have got authority, don't go around and showing off that I have authority, I have power. When I speak, people listen. Hallelujah. And then it continues to say, all oh, the rich boast in their riches. Because you are rich, you have got a big house. Don't go around and say, I am rich, I have got a big house. Because your husband has got money. Don't go around and say, my husband has got a good job, he's got a business, we are rich. Don't go around and say, our bank account is full of money. Don't go around and show off and say, no, you know, we have got a lot of money, we can go on a holiday. This is not Tadala saying, this is the word of God saying, to us that the rich should not go around and boast in their riches 
Rather, you should thank God and say, Lord, we worship you because of our life. We worship you because of our wealth. We worship you because of our position. We worship you because of our possessions. It is you that has given us this, my God. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says in verse number 24, but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things I the Lord have spoken my God so God is saying to you and I, hallelujah, that when we are talking about expecting special treatment, instead of going around and boasting about having special treatment, special preference, special access, rather go around and boast that you have Jesus. Boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. He says that you must rather, um, oh my God, you must rather boast that you truly understand God. So if there is a conversation that you must be having which you are allowed to boast, is boasting that you know Jesus. Boasting that you have got Jesus. The Bible says you are allowed to say, yes, I have Jesus, he is my Lord. And he is able to demonstrate unfailing love. That you are allowed to do. That when you go among your mates, your friends, you can say to them, yeah, you know what? There is something that makes me happy. And that is, I have Jesus Christ. And then begin to say to them, they value the importance of having Jesus. That is a boasting that we are supposed to be having. The boasting where you are telling people that, listen, if you have Jesus, you have love. If you have Jesus, you have peace. If you have Jesus, you have perfection. If you have Jesus, you have comfort. If you have Jesus, you have a future. If you have Jesus, you have, you know, a good destiny. These are the conversations we are meant to be having. But we are wasting time boasting on things that have nothing of value. You can never take riches with you when you leave this earth. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how many billions or millions or how many properties you own or how much you are worth. Hallelujah. The fact remains the day that you leave this earth, you are going to live with nothing. So your, your dignity, your focus should be on your relationship with Christ. How is that? That's something that you can boast in. That's something that you can delight in. That's something that you can, you know, be happy in. I am not saying do not thank the Lord for the rest of the things. No, no, no. Appreciate him. But do not go around and boasting around those things. Those are simply the fruits that you get for trusting or being in the Lord. Having a peaceful life, having a good life, having children, being married, uh, uh, having a job, having a business, having qualifications, having a career, all the things that you say are good. Maybe you own a property. Maybe you live in a nice neighborhood. Maybe you live in a nation. Maybe you are traveling. Whatever makes you happy. Those are simply the fruits of having Jesus. Those are, those are simply the benefits of having the Lord in your life. But let the primary objective be Jesus Christ. Now, listen to me. If you were misled in believing that it's all about you, if you were misled to believe that because you receive Jesus, then the story is only about you. If you were made to believe that because you know how to pray, it's all about you. 
If you were meant to believe it is because of the church you go to and it's all about you. If you were meant to believe it's because of the pastor you follow and it's all about you. If you were meant to believe it's because of how you read the Bible and it's all about you. If you were meant to believe it's because of how long you have been a saved person, a born again child of God and it's all about you, I want to clip your wings. <laughs> by saying that you were misled and you didn't understand the scripture. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Today, I want to bring you back to earth, to bring you down, to say to you that it's not about you. The story is not about you. You, you, you got it wrong. You missed the point. How do I know this? Look at Romans chapter 2. And we close with a word of prayer. Romans chapter 2 verse 11. I want to teach you, to remind you, to show you that it's not about you. To show you that uh, God is not focusing on you alone. To show you that the, the, the storyline is not about you. To show you that, you know what, <laughs> my God. Romans chapter 2 verse 11. The Bible says, for there is no partiality with God. Case closed. You heard that? There is no partiality with God. You thought it's because of the church you go to, but here the scripture is saying there is no partiality with God. You thought it's about your skin color, and the scripture is saying there is no partiality with God. You thought it's about how many times you pray, but the scripture is saying there is no partiality with God. You thought it's about your tradition. The story, the scripture is saying it's not so. There is no partiality with God. You thought it's about your connection with the pastor. The scripture is saying there is no partiality with God. You thought it's about how long you have been in the church, how long you have been born again, how long you have been a believer. And the scripture is saying there is no partiality with God. Even if you are a pastor, there is no partiality with God. Even if you are a prophet, there is no partiality with God. Even if you are an apostle, there is no partiality with God. Even if you are a deacon, there is no partiality with God. Even if you are a deaconess, there is no partiality with God. Even if you are a praise team member and you can sing like an angel, there is no partiality with God. It doesn't matter what you can try say. The bottom line is with God, there is is no partiality and that's what the word is saying in the book of Romans chapter 2 verse 11 hallelujah so it's important for you to be humble it doesn't matter today if I have got thousands of followers if I have got millions of followers the point is there is no partiality with God that in itself is not a guarantee that I am right with God that is not a ticket that I am going to make it into heaven it is your faith and how you are living that will determine where you are going to end up at the end of this race. It's not about how quickly you are running. It's not about how well or eloquent you speak. It is not about how many languages you can speak. It is not about what passport you have. Some of us think because we have got a red passport, we go around and we are claiming that we are better than other people. You can have a red passport, yes, a European passport, but the Bible says there is no partiality with God. 
you can have a citizenship of whatever nation you think is the best but the bible says there is no partiality with god you can wear gold necklaces gold chains gold wristwatches gold rings you can put gold earrings you can put the finest suit the finest dress the finest blouse the finest shoes you can have the most expensive brazilian hair or whatever you call it you can put on the most expensive spectacles you can have the most expensive perfume sprayed on you you can be using the most expensive body lotion you can drive the most expensive cars you can live in the most posh or luxury houses you can travel on the most expensive holidays but let no one lie to you there is no partiality with god that is not a ticket for you to please god that is not a ticket for you to make god happy hallelujah it is your faith and how you are living that will establish or determine how your relationship is with god hallelujah there is no partiality with god take this scripture print it if you have to highlight it if you have to recite it if you have to but always be reminded that god is about grace that's why God can have grace on someone that you think is the most poor person in the neighborhood. And yet tomorrow they can be the most influential person. Why? There is no partiality with God. The person whom everyone was looking down on is a person that can be the most important tomorrow. Why? There is no partiality with God. The person whom you thought they didn't know how to speak or teach can become one of the most influential servants of God. Why? There is no partiality with God. The person in your class whom you were laughing at, that they were dumb, they were stupid, and they didn't know anything. That's the same person that can have the biggest business and be influential in life. Why? There is no partiality with God. God looks at everyone equally because all are his children. That's a God we serve. Hallelujah. He didn't create a better person than another. No, he didn't create a more beautiful person than someone else. No, he didn't create a more, you know, uh, everyone was created by the father equally. That's why people have capacity. My God, I want us to pray. And the prayer that we are going to pray is, Lord, help me from today to be humble. Lord, help me from today to be humble and always be aware that you are the reason for all the good things in my life. We are going to pray together wherever you are, as you are listening, as you are watching, that from today, the Lord must help you, the Lord must help me to be humble. And that we must always be aware that he, God, is the reason for everything good that we have. Whatever you are enjoying, whatever you are saying, Father, oh my, this is good. Whatever you feel that, oh, this is perfect. You must always be aware that it is God that is the reason. And always find it in you to thank him and say, Father, I thank you for my children. Father, I thank you for my family. Father, I thank you for my job. Father, I thank you for this nation. Father, I thank you for my position. Father, I thank you for whatever it is that you feel is good. Always be reminded that God is the reason. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you and I honor you. I praise you that, Lord, whenever you communicate, there is a reason, my Father. 
And right now, my Lord, as you have spoken to us about expecting special treatment, thank you that you have taught us, my God, that there is a value in faith. There is a value in humility. There is a value in being humble. There is a value in remaining royal or true. There is a value in trusting God. There is a value in remaining um, in the right stand with God. There is a value in respecting others. There is a value in caring for others. And we pray that, Father, everything that we have which is good, remind us each day my God, that you are the reason, you are the cause. Remind us that we may always return to you after a, a long day to say, God, thank you. Instead of complaining about how it was at work, remind us that, Lord, we are privileged to be employed and we should come back and say, thank you, Father, that I have a job. Father, instead of complaining about the state of our business, let us be reminded that we are privileged, that we have a business and we should return turn and say thank you. Instead of complaining about what our children's behavior is, we should always be reminded that there are others who are struggling to have children and we should come back and say thank you for my children. Instead of complaining about our relationship, our marriage, our partner, may we return and say, Lord, thank you that I have a relationship and we should pray that God may you help change my partner. That should be our prayer, my father. Instead of complaining, Lord God, about the current state of affairs. Let us come back and say, Father, because we are not in the hospital, receive the praise. Because we are doing well, Lord, the health. Thank you, Jehovah. That will be and should be our prayer. Lord, I honor you and I thank you. Receive the praise, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the message that I was given for you, which is expecting special treatment. From today, I want you to go back and begin to repent, begin to ask God to forgive you and help you that you should not act entitled any longer. Go back and pray to God and say, Father, thank you that, Lord, I am where I am. Thank you that I have who I have. Thank you that I have what I have because you are a good God. Hallelujah. With that, I am wishing you a lovely afternoon. Um, enjoy the week that we start tomorrow. And uh, may you experience great things as you are allowing Jesus Christ to be the center of your life. Enjoy and God lift you. Shalom.